Good morning, everyone. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. We'll pick up our scripture in Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse 11. The Bible says, and he said, Jesus, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And when he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. We'll go ahead and stop right there, but before we start, we need to look back and remember the reason for this parable. In verse number 1 of chapter 15, the Bible says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. This parable, oftentimes the prodigal son is used to speak of a backslider, of a Christian that has gotten out of the will of God who has left left the presence of God who has left the church and went back into sin. But Jesus, as he tells this parable, he is not talking about a backslid Christian. He is talking about publicans and sinners and the attitude the Pharisees and scribes had to them. We need to remember that by default, God created all mankind and all men belong to the Father. They may have rejected him. They may not accept him but that does not change the fact that he was created by all, and all men become lost. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So we are all born in this lost state. We are safe as a child, but when we reach the date, the age of accountability, we are lost if we don't accept a Savior. I want you to look, first of all, at the demand for the portion. In verse number 11, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Essentially, this young man is saying, Father, I don't care about you. I don't want you to tell me what to do. I don't want you to have any control over my life. This living this inheritance would come to the son after the father is dead but he's saying give me my inheritance now and i go i go do my own thing i get away from you essentially to him the father is going to be dead he demanded his portion but i want you to notice that he the father not only did he divide to him his portion the younger son would have gotten approximately one third of the inheritance but he went ahead and gave the older he said he the bible says that he divided to both sons the older would receive two-thirds of the youngest they both got their part they got both got their inheritance we need to realize as we get further into the story the older son that we find at the end he wasn't in the father's house either he might not have went into the far country but he was out working and he thought his works he thought his righteousness made him better made him right 
with the Father, and that older son represents the Pharisees. It represents the scribes. I want you to see we see the demand for the portion, but we see the departure from his presence. In verse number 13, In not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. I want you to see that the father respected his will. There's many people out there today that deny that God exists. The Bible says in Psalms that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's not talking to the one that just doesn't believe in God. That's talking to the one that willfully says, I'm going to deny the existence of God. I'm not going to believe in him. I'm going to say that he doesn't exist. And I want you to see this son, the father, let him have his will. He let him have his way, even though he come to him, he had no right to the inheritance. And the father at any time could have said, you know what? You're not going into the far country. You're not taking my inheritance. It says, it says that he gathered together his inheritance. What that's implying is that he sold the inheritance. He couldn't put the land. He couldn't put a third of the property of the estate on his back and take it off into the far country. He had to sell it. He had to liquidate it and get it into coin, get it into money, something that he could carry with it. And he took it off into the far country. But the father, by law, he never lost legal control of the money. It didn't matter whether he denied God. It didn't matter whether he fleed his presence, whether he said, get away from me. I don't want nothing to do with you. He went into the far country. He went far away from the father but the father still had control but look the father respected his will and there's many people out there today that say you know what i don't care what the bible says i don't care if it says it's right or wrong i don't want nobody telling me what to do i'm denying god i ain't listening to him and you know what it don't matter when it comes down to it let the word of god be true and every man a liar they will have to answer to a holy god it don't matter god is still in charge he is still in control he is still the father he is still the creator you can choose to accept him you can choose to deny him but your decision, your ideals, your thoughts, your wants, your desires doesn't change anything about who God is. He is still in charge. We see the departure from his presence, but I want you to look at the despair of the prodigal in verse number 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went, and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields, to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And it says in the next verse, it says, and when he came to himself. So that's the problem with many people today. They're out in the world, they're out in the muck and the mire and sin, and living in sin and day to day, and they've never come to themselves, they've never realized there had to be something better. For a sinner to ever get saved, for a sinner to ever accept Christ, the first thing they've got to do is get to the end of themselves. The Pharisees and the scribes, they hadn't got to the end of themselves. They were still living in their self-righteousness. They were still living in their belief that they had kept the law, that they was doing what the Father had said, and they thought they was the 99 that was left when the Father went, when the shepherd went out into the wilderness to find that lost sheep but I've got news for you. They needed to accept Christ too. The older brother needed the father just as much as the younger brother did. Don't forget, he was not inside the house either. He was still 
outside of the house. This prodigal, he had to get to the end of himself. His desire, I want you to see, his desire wasn't to change the pen, but to change the place. He didn't send back to the father and say, Father, you've got to help me come and change this hog pen. You've got to come and help me change the swine. No, he left the swine for the Savior. He left the swine for the Father. He left and he walked away and he went back. And a lot of times people get saved and they want to get saved where they're at. They don't want to change their life. They don't want to change the place that they're in, the place they're living. They want to get saved in the sin they live in. They still want to do what they want to do on Friday night. They still want to do what they want to do all through the week, but they just want to get saved so they go to heaven. But God doesn't work that way. You've got to repent of your sin. You've got to turn back to him you've got to turn back and the prodigal he turned from his sin he turned from the muck and the mire he realized he needed the father this parable it's all about the father it's all about the father's grace it's all about his mercy we need to get back in churches to where it's all about the father it's not about the sin it's not just about what we're against but it's about jesus christ it's about the savior and what he did for us we see the despair of the prodigal, but I want you to see the desire of the parent. Verse number 20, And he arose and he came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this. My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I want you to see the desire of the parent. Apparently he had been waiting for the son as he come back into town and everybody was waiting to see what the father would do to see how he would shame him. The Pharisees, they would want him to have to pay to make restitution for what he did but what did the father do he humbled himself he gird up his loins he run after run down the road to meet that son he ran to him he met him he embraced him he kissed him he was still in the old dirty clothes that he had worn in the hog pen he had still been waddling around in the muck and the mire he didn't go get a suit first he didn't go into the house and get cleaned up first no the father come to him the way he was he accepted him and he began to kiss him even though he smelt like the hog pen. He looked like the hog pen. He still come to him, but look what he did. First, he clothed him in a robe. He called for them to bring a robe. That robe represents righteousness. Isaiah 61.10 says, I will, greatly, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath clothed me with the robe of righteousness. It's not my righteousness today that matters. It's not the Pharisees and the scribes' righteousness. It wasn't the prodigal's righteousness. It's not your righteousness, but it is the righteousness of a holy God. It is the righteousness of our Savior. We are clothed in His righteousness. He brought a ring. That ring represents assurance. It possibly was a signet ring, a seal of authority, Ephesians 4.30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. That ring represents forever. Ever. That ring represents the fact that son didn't have to wake up in a few weeks and a few months and wonder if the father still forgive him. 
and wonder if the father still loved him. No, that ring represented forever. He was back in the family. He was accepted. He put shoes on his feet to slave or a servant wouldn't have wore shoes, but those shoes represent the sonship. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God. But then what did he do? He prepared a feast. That feast represents the Lord's Supper. As we do the Lord's Supper, we we eat the bread, we drink of the grape juice or the wine. The wine represents the blood. The bread represents the body, represents what the Savior did. Christ said, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, remember, but not only do we remember, what do we do? We rest. We rest in what Jesus did. We remember what he did. We remember how he paid the price and we can rest in that after all that he had been through, after all that had happened. Imagine that son as he sat back and he rested at a meal at the father's house. But I want you to see last of all, the decision of the parable. This parable commands a decision in verses 25. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto them, Thy brother is come, and the father hath killed the fatty calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Remember, this represents the Pharisees, the scribes, the one that questioned Jesus for receiving sinners. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son, not my brother, but thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatty calf. And he said unto them, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this. Thy brother is dead and is found alive, and he was lost. And he has found this son that was lost. This older son, as he come back in, it represents the Pharisees. I want you to know today all he had to do. All he had to do was go in the house. All the Pharisees, all the scribes had to do was go in the house. In fact, they received a double portion. They had the law. They had the word of God. They were God's chosen people. They just need to realize they were outside and they needed to come in. They could have come in. John 1, 11 through 13, He came to His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him to them gave He the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. All they had to do was come in. And see, this parable was left without an end. And why? Because it wasn't over. The Pharisees had not made their decision yet. And you may be listening today. You may not have made your decision. But you can write a different end and the Pharisees reject him, but you can accept him today. God bless.